Hello and welcome to Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in small town USA. I'm your host, Allison Hassler with Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. And I'm Russell Williams. I'm director of Ethos. We're a small business incubator, co-working spaces, training and development center here in downtown Marion, Illinois. In fact, we welcome you to our location at the Citadel Building, as I said, on Tower Square Plaza. And thank you to all everybody who's listening and all of our sponsors that make the Small Town Big Business podcast possible. And that includes thank you to Arcadia Wealth Group, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Black Diamond Harley-Davidson RV, Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course, Union Street Arts. And remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. It is free and you get notifications every two weeks when we release. If you're new to our podcast, welcome and thank you for joining us. We interview successful business owners in small towns to understand how and why they thrive in small towns across the Midwest. And today, our guest is... (laughs) Our guest is our co-host, Allison Hassler, owner and operator of Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. I would say welcome, Allison, but you were... You're supposed feel to be here already very as comfortable. co-host. Yes, and I feel very appreciated to be back in the hot seat. I was one of the very first, I believe, we did that interviews. we interviewed. Yeah, yes. that's, but that was a long time ago. That was almost <laughs> a two, lot has changed. two years ago, 50 episodes. That's a lot. It is. And we'll be talking about that later, but I'm excited to get to interview you. You're in the hot seat. <sighs> yeah, it okay. is. Like I said, a lot has changed in two years. Um it has been a really great journey, so I am excited to talk about it. Good. So you ready for some real, you know, big questions? And I am. Are you nervous? I am not nervous. I'm excited. Okay. So we're going to start before Southern Illinois Vacation Rental. Yep. Tell us up to that point of you starting that business. What was life like? Tell us about family. Tell us about why you're in Southern Illinois. Anything that you want to share with us? Sure. So I can try to make this as quick as possible. I try to make the analogy that my life and career has been like a big ping pong machine. Mm. And I've kind of bounced around to a lot of different things. I did have a very steady 10-year career in public health. That's where my uh, bachelor's degree and master's degree is in. Um, and I, that, so that was a long standing period, but before that and after that, it was all kinds of different things. Uh, I was a correctional officer when we first moved down here to Southern Illinois from central Illinois. Um, I'm from the Effingham area, a little town called Newton. That's where my husband also is from. Uh, I was deployed through the national guard. So I was deployed for 14 months, um, through Paris, Illinois. It was the transportation company from, and we were deployed to Iraq. So when we came home, that's when we moved to Southern Illinois. Uh, fast forward, past the career in public health, uh, we decided to, uh, my husband also had just sold a business. So we were kind of in this. Michael Hassler. Yes, Michael Hassler. Shout out to Michael. <laughs> he is a true entrepreneur. He uh, built and operated a business called American Shoreline. He, when he sold that, there was a little bit of a sabbatical of what to do next. So we bought a 50-foot motor yacht to charter on Kentucky Lake. Yeah. Uh, not very creative with the name. The name of the business was Kentucky Lake Boat Charters. Uh, yeah. It was a pleasure boat it slept 10 it was beautiful big uh so we 
sponsored, or I guess you could say host a lot of parties, uh, family reunions, bachelorette parties, 40 year old birthday parties, you know, you, you name it, we were able to accommodate them. And what years Um, did you have that business? So that was from 2000, I believe 16 to 2008. 18, but there was okay. actually three seasons in there. So right, because that's about the be time wrong. that you and I had met. We yes. had met at a chamber function, yep. the Marion Chamber of Commerce, and I believe it was around that 16 to 18. Yeah, that, I think know. so too. Uh, so we so we chartered uh, those three seasons, and it was really fun. That was our introduction into the hospitality industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and when you talk about hospitality, you are right there next to people. Yeah. <laughs> You're you, there isn't enough space on a boat to really give yeah. them a lot of privacy. That is what we were doing. Very uh, hospitable industry. And uh, we loved it. Mm -hmm. We thought it was really, really fun. Mm -hmm. And of course, being on a boat, that was the novelty of it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And we also did Airbnb our boat when we weren't chartering. Uh, so we did get a little bit of taste of that too. Uh, but our kids were still young. They still needed daycare. We were still, uh, you know, we were needing to be there for every holiday, every weekend. And, you know, that part of it got a little old. So we mm-hmm. thought, you know, there's got to be an easier way to do this, right? Yeah. Um, an easier way to uh, share with people things that we love. Mm-hmm. And so we reintroduced an idea that we had when we first moved to our plot of land that's about 12 acres. Mm-hmm. Where's and that at? So it is south of Marion. It's okay. south of the square, about seven miles. And we decided that we would make some micro cabins on the back five acres of our property. And so that was in, I believe, 2018 is when we officially had them open or the first two open. And then we had, um, let's see, so fast forward from there, we I went back to work full time. Right about the same time, I had taken on a co-hosting of somebody else's property on the lake. So I had the two houses or two two cabins that we own, plus I was co-hosting uh, somebody else's property, which essentially means the same thing that I'm doing right now, mm-hmm. but a little bit bigger scale. Um, that was in 2020, right when uh, COVID was happening. Mm-hmm. I went back to work and that's when I started working for the city. Mm-hmm. City um, of Marion. Yeah. yeah, city of Marion for the mayor. And uh, things just started to kind of grow and unravel in a very organic way. Um, I had had a couple of other people approach me about co-hosting their property mm-hmm. uh, because they just didn't have the time or they were moving and they haven't been able to sell their property, just all different kinds of reasons. And so as I was moving forward in my career at the city, mm-hmm. this management side of the business started to take off and um, fast forward to 2022 there was that fork in the road i had about 10 properties that i was managing and then i also still had a full-time job and it was coming to that point where i couldn't do both and there was a decision that had to be made so i made that decision to go all in with my business and since then so now we're in 2023 it doubled in size again so uh so we're now to 20 properties and several in the queue uh somewhere in the neighborhood of five or six so uh we'll probably be by uh at 30 by the end of the year and um so it just it keeps growing we're in a place of really 
pulling back and making sure that everything is of quality on the back end so that right. everybody has a really great experience on the front end. That's awesome. So and yeah, we're gonna dig in some crazy. details about, yes, about the vacation rental business. Sure. And Southern Way vacation yeah. rental. I want to back up just a little bit. So what was the time frame between you building, there were two micro cabins first yep. on your own property, which the name of that business is. That is damn near Lake of Egypt Cabins, right. not cussing. We are one yeah. mile from the dam, so it's a very cheeky name for a very delightful experience. Right. <laughs> is that what, how we describe it? So uh, So what's the timeline between you finishing those cabins mm -hmm. and operating those to the time that you went beyond that managing somebody else's so there was about two years wow. of really turning those two cabins and then we had a third on site that we knew that we were going to build um, but we were cash flowing everything ourselves so we're very yeah. scrappy we're very conservative with our uh, finances so we were holding off on the third cabin so that we could recoup the cost of and the expenses of the first two because we were also building out the uh, the infrastructure, right? So right. the uh, the driveway, mm -hmm. the plumbing, the electrical, all of those things uh, mm -hmm. were also being built into this property on right. the back five acres. And the lake also. Yes. So then, yeah. yeah and the lake came when the third cabin came. Right. So on that's your own property, yes, not on like own a property. lake of Egypt, but a lake yep. there. Yeah. So we built out a, a, a well, a one, one and a half acre pond. Right. Lake might be a stretch, but yeah. I was trying to help, <laughs> trying to help you out, you know? So yeah. So there was about two mm -hmm. years there where I dug into what it meant to be a super host on Airbnb, mm -hmm. what it meant to be like, have the benefits of direct booking and building out our own website and doing our own marketing. Um, and then also cross, uh, cross listing on multiple platforms. So you've got your BR, VRBO and Furnish Finders and all these obscure ones that you may never heard of, Lodge Lovers. And so how you sync all of those things yeah. without causing a nightmare for yourself. Right. So uh, so during those two years, I was really fine-tuning fine all of those little yeah. pieces in there, everything from dynamic pricing to... Um, you know, the logistics of mm -hmm. laundry and yeah. all of those little pieces. Yeah, that's amazing. And then again, timeline from the time that you had your first outside your own property business that yep. you were going to manage a, a home on Lake yeah. of Egypt, right? Yep. To today. So we'll say mm -hmm. that this is spring of 2022. So yeah. it, is that just about one year in between or how, how much time is that? So by the end, so at 20. 22 um at the end of 2022 or 21 i'm sorry 21 yeah. Woo, yeah, man right. this right it's 20 <laughs> these years have flown yeah, fast i said it was spring of 2022 <laughs> but it's really spring of yeah, 20 spring, yeah spring of 20 today yes. yes so from 2020 to 2021 uh we went from two owned and one managed property okay. to three owned and eight managed properties with several in the queue. Yeah. And that's when I had to make that decision. So we yeah. over doubled in that first year wow. of taking on that management piece. Yeah. Did you have any so, idea? No, no, I didn't. And, you know, I, at the first of the year, you had a, um, a leadership meeting or a 
Tell me, <laughs> tell me what it's called. The mastermind retreat. Yeah. So you had a mastermind yeah. retreat mm-hmm. at the beginning yeah. of this year that I was a part of, yeah. and we had a group session. And in this group sh- session, I disclosed that you know I remember one of the first uh, masterminds that I took with you mm-hmm. was the uh, based on the One Thing book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was probably what four years ago. Two thousand eighteen. Okay, Mm -hmm. so it was four years ago, Mm -hmm. going on five years Mm -hmm. ago, that we took this one thing book. And I remember writing out my five-year plan. Mm. My five-year plan was to have six cabins on our property. Okay, yeah. My mind couldn't fathom anything bigger than that, right? right? And so now, even though we will probably add more cabins at some Mm -hmm. point, uh, there is this whole big different business that I could not have even thought of five years ago. Um, But it was that one thing and Mm -hmm. setting myself into goal oriented mode that got, that led me there. So taking on that management side was, you know what, this may not be an owned property, but this is going to help with cash flow right? and getting me to that goal of okay. the six cabins. Yeah. And so that was the original thought of it was, you know, I can do this. I can take on a little bit extra work and time. I've done it with the two cabins. So what's a, what's a third, right? Yeah. Uh, just for that little extra cash flow. And then as that cash flow became multiple properties i saw that this is this is a business that's needed here yeah. um you know they're all over the short-term property management is all over the place in florida and in tennessee and all of the big places that people go on vacation uh, but it isn't so much known around here uh-huh. so it was really filling a gap that was needed yeah. and being able to uh, be one of the first i'm sure i won't be the last i'm right. sure we'll have others that will come in and specialize in that as well yeah. um but yeah that's that's how it started and it that's was so cool. it's so it's so very cool that how um what a little side hustle piece of the business became the front and center big umbrella of the business. And now the cabins are just one little piece under that umbrella. So were you paying attention to the hospitality industry, tourism industry here in Southern Illinois, and you you saw an opportunity there? Or was it mainly you were a a pioneer in that you were ahead of that yeah. tourism growth. Yeah. So, you know, having the luxury of being in a very, very community oriented positions, right? So I was, I have in my career field have always been in very public and, you know, networking style businesses. Mm-hmm. And I've always had my, um, you know, ear to the ground on the tourism side and what we're doing to pr- promote Southern Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I've always had the mindset of there is an infinite amount of visitors. We just need to know how to reach them. And that with an infinite amount of of tourism, Mm -hmm. then there can be a there is plenty of space for new short term rentals to enter the market and succeed. Uh, Now, coming up, we are. I've read that we're entering a very slow season uh, because the market has been oversaturated and people are start, are slowing down their travel because of the inflation and all these other things. But uh, but you know what? I'm keeping my nose to the ground and yeah. gonna go gonna go forward anyway. Yeah. Well, one of those early pioneers for um, cabin rentals here in Southern Illinois was Doug Devore. Yeah, and friend so of ours. We know Doug, yep. right? And did you meet Doug through Mastermind? Because I met Doug through Mastermind. 
I know. Oh, you guys so were in we two had separate masterminds. Yeah, we've yeah. never done a mastermind together, but we met through you okay. and connected through you okay. because we were both in your masterminds and yeah. have become yeah good friends. So Doug's moved on, you know, yep. to uh, more real estate investments yep. in the Chattanooga, Tennessee area. Mm-hmm. But he had been the owner of Shawnee Forest Cabins yep. uh, and a couple other cabins um throughout southern illinois what did he add to you was he someone that you could ask questions to what did he give you some wisdom and insights like what yeah so it's really interesting because i have found a lot of mentors in this industry Mm -hmm. and it's it's funny because it's just like any other industry you can meet people that feel that scarcity mindset Mm -hmm. and they are not willing to mentor you because Mm -hmm. they see you as a competition. Mm -hmm. And then there's others that are willing to provide all the information because they see that you're in their industry and they want you to succeed. Right. So, and I, I am to that mindset of if we all look good in Southern Illinois and somebody comes down and has a really great experience or comes up or wherever they're Uh from, uh, they're going to come back and they're going to share with their friends and family that, it was a great experience here. So the likelihood of them only going to that one place uh, is really unlikely. They're maybe their next time it's unavailable and they have to go somewhere else. So for all of us to look good and to be our best is going to make the entire community more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I learned from Doug. He yeah. is definitely an abundance mindset mm-hmm. type of guy. Yes. He gave me a lot of really good information about uh, how to scale, how to uh, reinvest, and when I am ready to do more investing, uh, what that looks like in the real estate market when it is something that you are not living in, right? Yeah. So those commercial uh, lending and things like that, and just the more creative ways that you can either partner with investors and mm-hmm. uh, and make it work and be very conservative still and you know, very scrappy and learning what those return on investments look like, right? Like what, what is your cap rate? The, mm-hmm. what is it? Capitalization rate. All of these, all of these numbers and all of these yeah. uh, investment terms that I was unfamiliar with, yeah. Doug showed me and walked me through those, cool. which was really amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're a great learner. Uh, does that come from experience in your in your life? Because you had a lot of experiences prior to do what you're doing now, including the military. Are those some of those like being able to learn things? You know, because not all people are able to grow in the ways that you're able. I've seen you grow, Allison, whether it was in masterminds or or between masterminds. And so where do you think that comes from? That's a really good question. Um, You know, I think part of it is that I love accepting a challenge. Mm -hmm. And most times when I accept a challenge, it's something that I know nothing about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I am very ignorant in that in that space. And I there's nothing else that I can do but learn, yeah. right? So, um, you know, I I guess that is a way that I have a desire to learn is through those challenges, through, um, you know, like, gosh, what does it feel like to to be vulnerable? What does it feel like to um, push yourself out of your comfort zone? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, those sort of things that I've learned in Mastermind, yeah. uh, I thrive off of those to help me through those challenges. Yeah. 
And then you've also spoken about the imposter syndrome yeah. somewhat. I know that we did uh, Live to Lead together yep. where you want one of the stage presenters. And you talked about the imposter syndrome. So yeah. folks that maybe know something about yep. that, have experienced that, or may not know what they're experiencing. Can yeah. you explain a little bit more about oh, sure. your experience with imposter syndrome? Yeah, well, the true expert is probably the, the author, Brene Brown. So okay. she talks about imposter syndrome yeah. a lot, and I highly recommend any of her books. Uh, but yeah, the imposter syndrome is really kind of feeling like you are not meant to be where you are because you don't have the credentials. Yeah. And, um, you know, I go through that all the time, even still, I, I've learned to accept it and understand where it's coming from and that deep sense of insecurity and where you are. Um, but I've learned to embrace it and understand that that doesn't identify me. Mm -hmm. That's just a way that my brain negatively self talks. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, that imposter syndrome is, I think, very normal. And um, I've talked about it a lot in public uh, presentations mm -hmm. because I do want to normalize that and make people not feel so alone if they mm -hmm. feel that. Um, when they walk into a networking room and they're like, oh my gosh, no one's going to talk to me. This is like, I am so out of, out of my element or, you know, those, those sort of feelings that you get. Um, when you're in a space that is not familiar to you or that's not in your comfort zone, that's when they really show up. Um, but you can have it in your day-to-day -day life too. Um, yeah. You know, whether you're a baker or a candlestick maker, you know, yeah. that can, it can happen. And uh, especially when you start looking around to seeing other people's successes, yeah. then you start, you go down that very scary um, path of comparing yourself to other people in your industry. And, right. and um, it's definitely not healthy and it's not a place to keep your energy because when you let your energy go there, then you don't have the energy to focus on thriving yourself. Right. Yeah. So would you say breaking through that barrier has been one of the keys to of success 100%. Yeah, 100%. And anytime that I have noticed myself like, oh gosh, I'm I'm starting to feel that, I notice that it's because I am I'm monitoring competition or I'm right. monitoring what others are doing in other states that I think look more creative than uh, you know, what I could offer or um, they seem to have like a great marketing, you know, versus what I we're doing right now or something like that, then I've learned to just shut it off. Right. You know, I'm not learning if it's making me feel um, less about myself. So yeah. I'll just unfollow, shut it down, yeah. get it out of my life and then get focused on let's make this the best that it can be. Yeah. Good. So. Are there others keys, keys of success that, um, maybe particular the way you felt about yourself yeah. or how you might be a business owner. Yeah. Are there some breakthroughs there too that oh, you can? Oh man, yeah. I've learned so many things about myself and how, uh, what not to do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Uh, in the last couple of years I've learned, and this is, a, you know, in, in any industry, uh, not every person is your client, you know, not yeah. every person is meant to be a partnership or a person for you. And I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah. I, uh, what I like to say, I ignored my spidey senses oh, okay. a few times yeah. and I, you know, just because the house 
fit my, you know, tagline of unique boutique or luxury. Um, it, but I, those spidey senses kind of went off with the, the personality type that didn't really gel well with me as far as the property owner. Well, the property owner is my client, not the house. So, uh, yeah. and then having to, you know, s- struggle through that relationship and realize that, you know, 80% of my energy is going towards, you know, less than 20% of my, um, you know, my portfolio. Right then you have to cut that and that's really hard and it's a lot harder to do that than just to say no thank you from the beginning and so i've learned to say no thank you from the beginning Mm -hmm. a lot and i've i've done that a lot better in the last couple of months because now we're to a point of growth that we do have to be very selective because we're trying to build capacity and learn from those um, from that growth because we're going to put the same amount of energy in a house that brings us a small amount of money as we do something that brings us a lot of money. Yeah. And um, so we have to be really selective in that. But even if it's a house that is, uh, you know, looks beautiful and I know is going to be a great, great addition to our portfolio, um, if it's not the right fit with the clients. Yeah. Then I we just have to say no, yeah. and um, and that has been really hard for me because I'm a appreciation uh, is my love language, and yeah. I like that pat on the head. Yeah. I like being able to say yes to everything and everyone, sure. and you know I've learned that that just is not healthy. Yeah. It's it's not healthy for your business. It's not healthy for your psyche, your spirituality. Uh, so I've again with tripling in size and growing in size mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, I've had to learn that the hard way, but that's yeah. probably one of the most valuable lessons that I've learned that I'm going to be able to move forward with. Yeah. And like I said, I think that goes for indie industry that yeah. you can really accept that not everybody is going to be your client. Right. And to trust those instincts. I'm sure a wedding planner, if they're meeting with somebody that's already acting like a bridezilla, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's not worth the money to put your energy behind all of that. They can go somewhere else and you can bring on somebody that's going to be a lot easier to work with. Yeah. So, yeah. It's funny that you mentioned spidey senses because <laughs> I, it reminds me that you've called me a few times saying, okay, Russ, give me your advice and you'll explain what the situation yeah. is. And then I'll listen, you know, mm-hmm. and then I'll, I'll give you a little bit of feedback. It's mainly what you have already said, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, well, I hear you saying this, so you should stick to this. And then, then you'll end the conversation by saying, yeah, that's what my spidey senses have told me. I just need to, <laughs> I just need to talk to somebody else. I just need to flush it out sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And it's great because you've been an excellent soundboard and that's, that's why you're a great facilitator, facilitator of masterminds, because you do help people get to their answers, um, with a lot more clarity than being in your own head. So yeah. You know, I, of course, I, I appreciate you in your leadership position with that. And of course, as a friend yeah. as well. Let's talk about small town business, like yeah. your small town business, because a lot of our listeners and watchers are either in that small town business mm-hmm. game, wherever they may be, or they want to be. They're thinking yeah. about something or they're just a consumer shopper, you know, it's part mm-hmm. of part of life here. So tell us about how. Uh, it's unique for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about if you've received any support, you know, in your community f- yeah. to develop a small town, big business. Um, yeah, share some of those things with us. Sure. So, yeah, you know, if I was to um, look at the research and say, okay, so 
and even though it happened very organically for me to fall into this position of a short-term rental property manager uh, or management company, the research shows that that doesn't exist in small towns, right? So if I would have just researched it all and looked at what was provided, that I would have said, oh, if it doesn't exist, then that means it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So I might as well not even try. Mm -hmm. um, and luckily, I was not really, I wasn't really doing that kind of research. It was really just a, an organic growth. Um, but with that being said, doing this in a small town has been really, really interesting. And, um, you know, there are a lot of challenges with it. Uh, one of them being logistical challenges because we are uh, a very spread out community, right? So a lot of mentors that I have across, uh, you know, the, the, all the way from the Golden Coast to uh, the Florida coast and North Carolina, I've, all of them are in very metropolitan uh, areas mm -hmm. where they're like, oh, well, you know, if you're having a laundry logistical issue, just hire a laundry service that does the drop off and pick up and they only charge, you know, X amount per pound. And I'm like, yeah, that I would have to create that business too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that doesn't right. exist here. Um, so there are those kind of logistical challenges, but, uh, but with the community itself and the support, that has probably been my one reason for growth that I just never expected to, to have because we are such um, a, a tight-knit community. And when I say tight-knit, I'm, I'm not saying that I'm BFFs with every single person in, yeah. in you know, Marion and the surrounding area, but because we're so small and people know each other and there's such a small degree of separation between each person, whether it's professional or if it's because... You know, my son goes to, you know, swim with their daughter and we get to know each other on that level. Um, you know, those connections are, I feel like, so much stronger in our area and in a small town versus if we are in a, this multi metropolitan area. So I have never once advertised uh, for property management. Mm -hmm. So those clients have come to me because of referrals yeah. in our community and right. in our network. Um, and it's just people that, you know, trust that I'm doing a good job and yeah. trust that I'm not going to let them down by having, a, you know, or, or hurt their reputation by referring people to me and then letting them down. Yeah. Uh, so that has been a huge help because our networks are so interrelated um, from our family to our house of worship to our uh, professional careers and through you know the bigger pieces like SIU and um, you know the hospital systems in our area and things like that. Those are so interconnected that um, that is where all of my business has come from. Right. So it's really exciting. So I get to focus on how do we just put heads in beds, you know, mm -hmm. and how do we make that guest experience the best possible in, in this area? Right. Talk about your properties. So sure. talk from, you know, a little bit about your properties from what you own yeah. uh, to what you manage under Southern Illinois vacation rentals sure. and give us a picture of what those look yeah. like. So when we, so I'm not a creative person. I'm a very linear thinker. I like strategic planning. I like doing the, the, the all of those types of things. 
I'm not a creative loving the decor piece, you know, like decorating and, and doing all that stuff. So if you look at my cabins and you look at tiny house on Pinterest and start searching, you're pretty mm-hmm. much going to see the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know? Yeah. So we, but I designed, so we originally designed our cabins, uh, based on, looking at what was available in Southern Illinois at the time, which was, um, you know, really in two buckets, two buckets. We had, uh, your traditional Victorian style bed and breakfasts Mm -hmm. that were mainly in town, but a few out of town. Uh, and then we had your lodgy campy, uh, you know, lodge lovers Mm -hmm. style cabins and not really anything in between. So I decided that I wanted to put, if we're going to do cabins, I want to put book a cabin that stands out that I know I would book myself. And so we really designed it around basically an inner city avatar of myself. And as we started moving into that management piece, we kept it there. Uh, The avatar changed a little bit. It was a little bit more, um, you know, I, I could get very specific with my avatar, but it was a very specific person that we're trying to reach. But when we started adding pieces, I wanted to make sure that whether somebody was spending the night because they were a couple or a couple with their children staying in our cabins, but then they wanted to come down with their parents or with a a group of friends and stay in another property of ours. I wanted to know that they had the same quality as our cabins. So um, although we have different sizes of different things, so we have properties that sleep all the way to 19 Mm -hmm. at this point, um, all the way down to two. Um, So we, I basically decided that, okay, if it has to fit in one of these three buckets in order to make our, be part of our portfolio, and that Mm -hmm. is unique, boutique, or luxury. Mm -hmm. So we have, um, I believe by the time this is listed, this Mm -hmm. is out, we will have um, our most unique piece, which is going to be a luxury yurt in Southern Illinois. A what? A yurt. I don't know what that is. (laughs) It is the most a creative glamping experience that you could imagine. So uh, details to come, uh, but it needs to be unique enough to stand out like that. Boutique, which Mm -hmm. is where, you know, our cabins come in, um, we have three new A-frames that are coming in that are just Instagrammably adorable, uh, or luxury, where a lot of our properties on Lake of Egypt are so you know those are the luxury pieces of it so so even though we're not just concentrated on lake of egypt with these big beautiful houses it's got to fit in one of those three buckets so that is where um i keep that in mind of you know if i was in chicago and i wanted to have a girl's trip that regardless of whether which i chose of southern illinois vacation rentals i'm going to get the same high quality experience that I'm going to get no matter which one I choose. So it doesn't matter which one I choose. They're all going to be great experiences. It's just going to depend on what amenities I want the most. Right. That's awesome. Geography. Where are the cabins located? Oh man. Okay. So they are, like I said, most of them are concentrated around the Marion Lake of Egypt area. Obviously that's where we live. That's where I live. That's where we, you know, where it's naturally concentrated, but we have, um, 
as of right now, as of this recording, we have all the way east to Elizabethtown, Illinois. So that is an hour east of here. Um, on the Ohio River. That is River. on the Ohio yeah. River, yes. So um, we have one going to be another uh, in Elizabethtown. So that's the farthest east we have. And then the farthest west we have is Macanda as of right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've looked at a few places in Murfreesboro, um, and a little farther that way, but as of right now, it is Macanda. So, yeah. in, in fact, on the west side of Macanda. That's awesome. Yeah. Where do people go to see the properties? So, you can just type in Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals and it'll, okay. you'll get you right there. But if you want to go the fast track, uh, we do have a shortened domain name is SIVR.rentals okay. and it gets you to the same place. Great. And I've seen your website. It looks fantastic. You talked yeah. about work, keeping it up to date, yeah. new, new photos and everything yeah. like that. So yeah, I, I loved how it worked. I said, said to you earlier that it's intuitive. So the, yeah. the, the next question that you have in mind when you're trying to you know, find out if a property is right for you is usually just right there. It's the next yep. thing. So I love that. Good deal. So what is your favorite? Awesome. What's your favorite part about being a business owner? <sighs> um, my favorite part about being a business owner is having my own schedule, which I can tell you is uh, a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, after a very busy uh, sink or swim style last summer, mm-hmm. uh, we had talked about that a lot of offline, but mm-hmm. essentially what it boils down to is that I didn't have. Um, scaling methods because what worked at 10 properties, not all of those pieces scaled to 20 properties. So I was, um, I didn't have anybody on board yet. And all of these things that were very, um, you know, it comes with any growth, any growth in any industry, uh, that you have to scale, you have to pivot, you have to change your business in order for those things to happen. And, uh, I was, trying to figure it out. So I was trying to learn how to swim while I was already in deep water. Yeah. Um, what happened after that, and I hired uh, a really great person that was my my front-end communications manager. She's also taking care of a lot of my lake properties. Um, so I hired somebody, and then I went into a season of rest. And mm-hmm. you can call it adrenal fatigue, whatever mm-hmm. it was, because I was in fight-or-flight syndrome all summer long. Um, but I could not get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. And when you've had careers outside of yourself for most of your life, uh, like I have, I've had a nine to five job yeah. most of my career, most of my adult life, uh, except for the last you know, f- three and a half years. Um, so I, I was feeling so guilty about mm-hmm. sleeping in, about piddling around the house and not really having a productive day here and there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, the money still comes in mm-hmm. and that, you know, like you, there's still pieces in play that were being taken care of. I just felt like I was doing kind of a bare minimum. Um, and I had to really let that piece go mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm no longer working for anybody else. Mm-hmm. I am my own boss. Yes. And, and if I stay here for too long, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be my own boss anymore. Cause I won't have a business, right. but you do get to decide when there's a time of rest and yeah. when there's a time of hustle. Yeah. And you don't have to be in hustle mode 100% of the time, 100% of the year. Right. And um, I I really did have to learn that the hard way myself yeah. uh, because I like to be in hustle mode all the time. And when yeah. my body said, nope, we're resting, right. and I couldn't 
like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. Am I, am I depressed? Am I, you know, going, you know, do I have like some adrenal something or other that mm. I need to get medicine for? You know, I, I had no idea, but it was really just my body said, no, it's time to rest. Right. And I had to make that mental shift into accepting that and giving myself grace yeah. for rest. Right. And now that we're in our official slow season uh, at this time of this recording, mm -hmm. right. um, which is in the winter months, it is, uh, I've, I've accepted and embraced that much more where mm -hmm. I can work on some really quality back end things before mm -hmm. we get really busy. Um, but I can also take some time to enjoy just with my family. Yeah. And um, that has been the really greatest thing. So we homeschool. Yeah. So I'm a homeschool teacher yeah. also. So I split my time uh, between homeschooling my two kids and being a business owner. That's so awesome. that is, that's probably been the best, best piece of uh, being able to um, be my own boss because yeah. when I know when that ebb and flow season is coming up and that uh, the period of slowness comes in, yeah. then, you know, we just flew out to New England not that long ago yeah. and spent time with my sister and her family. And yeah. uh, we, were be, we were able to take off whenever we decided that was the best time for us yeah. um, instead of, you know, putting on in and getting approval and, you know, all of those types of things. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I know you, Allison, as more than just a small business owner. And I know there's other things that are important to you, including yeah. your own family, um, your kids, Lance and Larkin. Yep. or Larkin and Lance to put them in, yep. in order. <laughs> and of course, order. Michael, right? Yeah. And so what else is important to you outside the business? Oh, man. So outside of the business, um, you know, really leaning into this, uh, this piece of growth for my family, mm -hmm. um, that has been what centers all of this mm -hmm. is uh, what is what is best for our family and what is best for having our kids, uh, you know, is homeschooling the best for them? Mm -hmm. And at this time, at this point in time, it is yes. And um, being able to allow them to be exposed to so many different things and so many different opportunities um, that we wouldn't really have the opportunity if we were um, on a traditional schedule with, uh, with, you know, traditional public school and things like that. Mm. Um, so those things are so important to me. Uh, my faith is definitely important to me. Um, I'm actually listening to, you know, the 365 day podcast mm. of, uh, the Bible right now. And it's wow. been really fun. Um, I'm not Catholic, but I'm actually listening to the, a Catholic, a Catholic priest mm -hmm. doing it in, uh, the catechism, mm -hmm. if I'm catechism, mm -hmm. the yep. catechism. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but it's re been really fun, and he's a, just a really great explainer of things. So, That's good. Uh, so those are the really big pieces for me. And many people know you around here because you're the founder of the 100 plus women who yeah. give. Yes, 100 women who. Yes, 100 women who give. Right. <laughs> 100 women who care is the official title. I know that's very title. important to you, also. Yeah. So you know, I have been a person that has been in the weeds with a lot of different things and a lot of different uh, pieces of the community and you know a lot of networking things. Uh, but I've realized the older that I get, the more, I guess you could say, protective of my time I have been. And so I'm slowly dialing back those pieces. And, but one of the things that really, uh, 
really made a profound impact on my life is finding out about these chapters called 100 Women Who Care. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's actually 100 Men Who Care, and there's you know all mm-hmm. of these different chapters across the United States in that's called 100 Who Care. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to take a couple of really great people to help me start this uh, journey in Williamson County and start this Williamson County chapter. And, and most of them are county-based or in the metropolitan areas. They may be neighborhood or city-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but we did a 100 Women Who Care for Williamson County. It has been very successful. We have officially raised, who? Uh, let's see, we've had three, so... Um, we have we are slightly over budget, but if you average it out, we have hit our ten thousand um, dollar ten thousand dollars every time that mm-hmm. we've gotten together yeah. to give, and we give to a nonprofit that serves our community. Yeah. Uh, so uh, it's a very simple design. Each person that gives is giving one hundred dollars, so we get as many women there as possible, hoping for a hundred or more, and we're able to give to a community. Uh, a community service organization, which well, is Well, and powerful. then there's another one in Jackson County yes. that sprung from the Williamson yep. County. Yeah, so we met with them in 2021, I believe, yeah. and we had a leader, a business, a, a leader, a community leader that was interested in starting Jackson County. So mm-hmm. we kind of gave them all of the information that we had and said, yeah. here you go. This is what we've learned, what we have acquired, um, you know, take it and run with it. Let us know if you have any, if you need any support. And they have had uh, so far two, and I know that they're going to have more. Uh, so they have had a really great, successful event as well. So yeah. it's amazing. Well, Allison, it's been a pleasure to interview my co-host. Yee. Is there anything else you wanted to share? Ah. <sighs> Are we ready for our announcement? I think we're pretty close to the announcement. So okay. you rest for a minute because okay. I'll, I'll get to say some things here. I want to yeah. say some things okay. here too. <laughs> and so um, one of the reasons we wanted to interview Allison Hassler, not just because she's a successful businesswoman, which she is, but also because uh, we have an announcement to make here on Small Town Big Business. After two years of recording Small Town Big Business, which we are going to go on, don't worry about that. But um, Allison is retiring from Small Town as a co-host of Small yes. Town Big Business. So this is your farewell episode also. Uh, it is my farewell and episode. I've already cried before many times <laughs> thinking because you gave us a little bit of notice ahead of time. Yes. But I want to talk about our journey just a little bit yeah. before we said our goodbyes. And this did start over two years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break the fourth wall here and talk to Luke O'Neill. Yeah. So Luke and you and I yeah. were um, we talking. sitting in Crown Brew. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I think the final meeting before we finally pulled the the trigger was was in Crown Brew Coffee, yeah. but we had talked online. We had mm-hmm. talked in every time and devotional groups on Friday morning at, at Crown Brew. At that time, you were working yeah. for the city of Marion, yep. and you were community director. Yeah, uh, yeah community programs director. Yeah, mm-hmm. community programs director. So the idea came about: How do you market, uh, in particular, Marion? How do you market what's going to happen here at Ethos Small Business Incubator, mm-hmm. which at that time was just an idea? I think mm-hmm. well, we had a building, but just an idea of what might go into it. And so, yeah, we started talking, and and you really wrote the concept for us, you, the the project proposal. Yeah, you put it on paper yeah. for us. 
Put it on paper, yeah. yeah. And we fine-tuned from there, definitely. Yeah. So it was it was definitely a group effort. I don't want to take any credit. It was over several months because, credit. you know, like most things in life, you yeah. know, we talk about, you know, what's our things that we yeah. want to do in life. And starting a podcast was one of those things that we yeah. shared together, how, how to do that. I had no idea, yeah. right? So that we had to bring in Luke that had the recording experience. I still think about my avatar that I had in there. And it was a uh, male early... 30s, late 20s, stuck in traffic, driving to a job that they have a long commute and they really don't enjoy, uh, but have a lot of ideas in their head. And how do you reach that person? How What do you tell them to say, there's a better quality of life out there yeah. and we're willing to support it here in Marion and in Southern Illinois? Yeah. And so that was that avatar that's that spoke to me the most. Uh, but it was also, you know, the people that we, he that are here now, you know, whether they're high schoolers or they are, you know, budding on entrepreneurs or they have those ideas in their head, but they're not quite sure how to flush them out or yeah. if they should take that next step into starting their own business. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, how do we break that barrier? and let them know that not only do businesses do okay yeah. in rural areas, but they thrive yeah. and they do really well. Yeah. And they're able to support their families. They're able to leave legacies. Yeah. They're able to do all of these things. And what better way than yeah. to put it online yeah. and interview the ones that are successful, yeah. right? Well, we had a great location, we thought. You know, yeah. this corner uh, office that overlooks town, Tower Square Plaza where there are yeah. many different renovations and restorations, including yep. this building this year. Um, we just thought that would be really cool to, you know, it felt really good and, and positive to be in a space like this at yeah. Ethos at the Citadel. But we recorded that first one in May of 2021, and then mm -hmm. it was released in June of 2021, almost two years ago. Do you remember who we interviewed first? Absolutely. It was the mayor. It was the mayor, Mike Absher. Yeah. Yeah. Still the mayor. Still the mayor. Yep. Getting ready to run again. And so, yeah, I just, it's been an awesome, positive experience. 50 episodes wow. over two years. Lots That's of hard interviews. That's believe. Yeah, we've interviewed a lot of people, successful yeah. business owners, Marion Carterville, um, Harrisburg, Rob Landis is in Harrisburg, yeah. Carbondale, and then kind of a little bit yeah. beyond that too, yeah. with ideas of, of keep on growing and keep on stretching. So I want to yeah. thank you first, because yeah. when you made the commitment, you did work for the city mm -hmm. of Marion, as you explained during this interview, that God stretched you yeah. beyond that, and you had to make a major decision. Like if I keep doing this, then I'm kind of going to be, you know, putting the sunset on on yeah. the business, the yep. the vacation rental that you really didn't know about when mm -hmm. you took the position at City of Marion, and so that had a purpose, you know, of a commitment to the City of Marion and serving well our mm -hmm. community. So therefore, the small town big business fell in line with that. Mm -hmm. But after you knew that you would have to go on and be full time in your business, that you continue to commit to the small town big yeah. business. So you've been coming here two mornings each month, yep. full mornings of two interviews each morning. Yep. So we record four a month. And and I just appreciate that commitment because you didn't have to do that. Yeah. And you, you did it for another year. Yep. And so thank you so much. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And I, you know, and it's been interesting because, you know, after 
the business started to take off after I left the city and um, you know I was thinking about this I'm like okay even if it it is just half a day uh, every other week is when we record so we you know record two episodes at a time um, that and let's say that let's let's pretend that I work 40 hours a week so that's 80 hours divided by 80 hours so four four divided by 80 is five percent right not a lot of time commitment but at the time, I was starting to get really overwhelmed and really felt stretched then uh, when it started to be put on my heart that it's like, okay, I think it's time to let it go, Allison. Yeah. Uh, it's time to retire it. But what kept me holding on for sure when I was in that sink or swim mode is that every time that we had an interview, yeah. it was like, wow, I am so energized. I am yeah. so excited for not only their business, but they're motivating me to improve my business in ways that I didn't think about. Yeah. Um, so it was it was really a tough decision for me because I absolutely love meeting these people, and even the ones that we know, you know, that we know personally have been listening to their story and listening mm -hmm. to their challenges and and the reasons that they love being a business owner was just so energizing right. and rejuvenating for me as a business owner. Yeah. So it was just a really, really tough call. But in the end, um, again, with my mastermind or with your mastermind that I attended, there are uh, yeah. my one word for this year and my the one thing is simplify. Awesome. And simplify means cutting out any of those extracurriculars and really zoning in on what matters most for uh, for my business growth. Yeah. And as much as it's great for me to talk about, you know, Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals as a co-host, um, there are ways that I can really zone in and uh, I'm ready to take that leap yeah. and simplify things. Yeah. And simplifying means, um, you know, narrowing it in, narrowing it down to being a, a teacher for my children spiritually and literally yeah. <laughs> for them. And also being the best business owner that I can be. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. said this to you before. In fact, I think I said it at the mastermind retreat that, you know, I could have took that in different ways when you let me know that, <laughs> that you needed to put the sunset on this role because yeah. we've, been, we've been doing this for a while we now. Have. I mean, like consistently getting together and doing yeah. something at first, doing something kind of scary that we had never done before. But I think, I think we started. When we even had to take lessons. Tell us about that. <laughs> so we took uh, improv class, mm -hmm. an improv workshop mm -hmm. with Casey, Casey Lachelle, Casey mm -hmm. Lachelle mm -hmm. who is a uh, who actually was educated through the Second City, City Comedy of Chicago, of mm -hmm. Chicago yep. which is very prestigious. That's yep. where Chris Farley got a start. Yeah, exactly. So many people. Belushi and everybody. Yep. Yeah. Um, so she built a curriculum around confidence building based on her experience of stand-up improv. And oh my gosh, yeah. what an amazing experience it that was. was. So we individually we had did, workshop yeah. time mm -hmm. and then we came together yeah. so that we could kind of get a better 
you know, back and forth between the two of us, yeah. a, a better banter, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think it proved itself well yeah. and proved itself worthy. So it was fun and scary. Yeah. And Casey did great <laughs> and got me to do things I'd never done before or wouldn't do in front of somebody oh, else. Oh man, I found course. it therapeutic. I and found then it was we did one amazing. on rapport, and so yeah, I, I would say that we got a lot better yeah. at this. And, and that's so, a, a plug for her if she's yeah. in the area, uh, if anybody wants to take a improv to help their presentation skills yeah. in uh, their professional or per- personal life, I would definitely look her up. Yeah. But I do wish you the best. Thank I you. Just, when you told me, I was like, that is awesome because you're making a hard yeah. decision that, because um, I think you love, you've loved doing this. Yeah. And so I think that anytime that we go from good to great, Yep. Right. And and uh, and we simplify, yep. you know, and focus yep. on that one thing that that's always the right decision. Yeah. And so and nobody else can tell you that you have to determine that for yourself. And so but I support you and I appreciate you. Love yep. you. And just want to thank you. Well, I will say that, you know, even though I um, don't. <laughs> my my son explained to me that your son suggested a a little grave box a coffin a coffin yeah sitting in my seat um i don't think that's necessary because i'm pretty sure that um you know moving my seat out of the way is going to let in a lot of really awesome opportunities that I am super excited about listening to, yeah. maybe even being involved with in the back end or in some way supporting. So That's good. I'm just super excited I about it. I think we'll have you back on the show. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. That'd be fun. So Luke and I have, can we do this on camera? Yeah, sure. We've got yeah. something to give to you before you go. Oh, you do? Oh my gosh, you guys. That's so cool. That's gonna make me cry. Oh my goodness. Do I get to read these on air? Do I get to open this up? I, uh, That's just for you. You better not read them on air. Okay. I will probably cry. So I will leave these until we are offline. Um, man, thank you very much. I'm You're gonna move welcome. these a little bit forward You're so that we can welcome. still see each other. Um, or maybe backwards because there you go. my camera's still right there. Yeah. Um, there we go. Yep. Man, so cool. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Yep. I truly, truly appreciate it. And man, this has been such an amazing experience. Yeah. And yeah, it's definitely because I, it is not because I don't enjoy our time yeah. doing this project. Yeah. Um, it has simply been making those hard decisions in order mm. To grow. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. That's awesome. It? That's it's so good. You still so have exciting. to do our closing today. Oh, so, okay. I will. <laughs> hey, I want to thank everybody, including <laughs> Allison, for being part of the small town big business community. Thank you for listening and uh, watching us, uh, especially our sponsors. We, of course, we want to thank Arcadia Wealth Group, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Black Diamond Harley Davidson and RV, the Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and Luke O'Neill at Union Street Arts for being our producer. If you want to know more about Ethos, Small Business Incubator, co-working spaces, uh, training and development here at the Citadel building, you can contact me. I'm Russell Williams, and the email is russell at watermarkethos.org, or you can go to our website, which is ethosmarion.org. And please remember to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. Remember, subscribing is free, and you can listen to upcoming episodes that will continue 
every two weeks. I'm Russell Williams. And I'm Allison Hassler. Thank you so much for listening.